reading from Steve Backlund's book this morning, entitled Victorious Mindsets. My gift will make room for me, overcoming the fear of being overlooked. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Proverbs 18.16 The Apostle Paul had a word from God in Acts 27, that the ship should not leave the harbor, but he was ignored. His life and the lives of others were temporarily messed up by those who ignored him. Later, Paul's gift came to the forefront and saved the day. He had not allowed his earlier rejection to sour his outlook. He stayed on the ship, not just physically, but also in his relationships and in his attitude. He trusted God that this gift would make room for him and be recognized by key people in his life. Believing the promise that our gift will make room for us will help us to rest in the midst of rejection or unfair treatment, knowing that our destiny depends more upon our enlarging our gifts than making them visible. This attitude allows us to passionately pursue our gifts and calling and not be sidetracked by seasons of feeling overlooked or unappreciated. Many great people in the Bible, like Paul on the ship, experienced times where they had to trust that their gift would eventually be valued and needed. Moses, alone on the backside of the desert for 40 years, felt forgotten. Joseph was forgotten in prison by one who said he would remember him. David was called by God to be a king, but was mistreated and held back by an authority figure over him. Daniel was forgotten by different leaders, kings, for long periods of time. These and many other biblical figures overcame adverse circumstances and long periods of hiddenness before their gifts came to full fruition. A proper response to feeling overlooked is a lesson for all to learn. Those who don't do so unwittingly hinder the release of their gifts as they blame others and even God. Yes, there may be times when we need to make changes, get off the ship, to allow us to have greater opportunities for open doors, but we need to take extra time to make sure that we are not leaving prematurely. My gift will Make room for me. False imaginations to cast down, or lies to overcome. I am only being faithful to God during seasons where I am publicly recognized. I should get angry and depressed when my wisdom is not listened to. If someone does not listen to me today, it means they will never listen to me. My favor is decreasing. If I am in a storm of life, there are no solutions for me. Declarations to strengthen this mindset. My gifts are making room for me and bringing me before powerful leaders. When a door closes, God has better doors open for me in my future. Because I walk in love, truth, and the favor of Christ, I will be increasingly heard by the important people in my life. 
I have learned how to stay on the ship in key relationships in my life. People trust me because of how I live my life. When I falter, I am quick to repent, quick to apologize, and quick to go on. In receiving forgiveness from the Lord, I freely forgive myself and those who have wronged me. I willingly serve another person's vision. The scripture says in Luke sixteen twelve, And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? The disciples served Jesus' vision, and it caused, caused doors to open in their future. God does tremendous work in those who are committed to the success, success of leaders over them. I intentionally develop skills. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine. We will increase the likelihood of being promoted as we grow in these areas, relational and conflict resolution skills, follow through on what we say, communication, written and oral, prayer, problem-solving, integrity, and development of expertise in at least one area of life. Avoid these favor-busters. These attitudes and actions will hinder others from wanting to make room for your gift. They are complaining, regular tardiness, victim mindsets, becoming constantly overwhelmed with life's issues, self-centeredness, creating strife, dishonesty, and disloyalty. A beautiful aspect of the revelation of Galatians 2.20 and Romans 6.6, one facet of the revelation gleaned from three years of sitting under Georgianne and Winnie Banov and their amazing leaders, is the bridal union aspect that our union with Christ, our co, is centered around the bridal union, as depicted, tasted, flavored, experienced, and seen in Song of Solomon. I'd love to share with you today an excerpt from a beautiful little book called The Proposal by Winnie Coco Banov. Act 1, Scene 5. He standeth behind our wall. Before faith came, and before his appearing, he shooed himself through the lattice. Some could only catch a glimpse of him in his beauty, while others, with eyes opened by faith, could gaze on the bridegroom, their hearts' affections being stirred as they waited in faith for his full manifestation, his incarnation. Behold, he standeth behind our wall, he looketh forth at the window, showing himself through the lattice. Song of Songs 2 verse 9. But who has believed our report? To most, he looked like a root out of dry ground, 
with neither form nor magnificent, without beauty. There was nothing we saw that would make us desire him. But soon the Father will show him openly displayed on the cross. The Proposal, Act Two. Act Two, Scene One, Many Voices. The bridegroom appeared in the form like ours and began to call forth his bride. Enemies appeared also, unbelievers and workers of darkness with murderous spirits. As his name began to be poured out like fragrant oil, the multitudes followed. But so did his enemies. Spirits of jealousy and envy arose and began their deathly plot. This plot was nothing new. His enemies' voices had sung their own song from the very beginning, a song both discordant and hopeless, the alluring voice of deception in the garden, the fiery voice of idolatry, enslaving the people who had just been freed, the filthy voice of accusation sounding day and night, their song crescendoed, their vision focused, their sights now set on him, like a pack of ravenous wolves, they descended on the lamb. But all along, the lamb has been looking, looking for and calling out to his bride. John the Baptist, friend of the bridegroom, was the first voice to announce he was the lamb of God. His joy was made full as he heard the voice of the bridegroom calling for his bride. The lamb's voice of love, speaking the royal language, began to awaken sleeping hearts. No one ever spoke like this. His words were words of life. All being called in the marriage supper of the lamb, more and more continued to follow this man of love, losing sight of their everyday cares. As the enemies of the bridegroom watched the multitudes, their jealousy increased and became inflamed with rage. They planned to kill him, yet they feared the crowds. But they were determined to find a way and continued to close in on their prey. Those betrothed to the bridegroom enjoyed his company for many days, and at a final meal with him he pledged his life for them. His last three days began to unfold. Some were confused, others were frightened, and they sensed the danger that hung in the air. While John the Beloved affectionately leaned on his Beloved, he received a ravishing vision. Soon he would put pen what he saw, the bride adorned for her husband. Look, it's the bride, the wife of the lamb. The enemy's plan was formed. One of his own would betray him, the kiss of betrayal, cold and cruel. The bridegroom was sold for thirty pieces of silver, arrested, bound like Isaac, and led away. He was falsely accused, bruised and beaten, slapped, spit upon, and mocked as they plucked his beard. His body quivering from the scourging, 
he was crowned with thorns and robed in scarlet, humiliated as he was presented to the world. Echo homo, behold the man. Yet he opened not his mouth as he was unjustly tried, a mistrial that quickly sentenced him to the horror and cruelty of death by crucifixion. No one knew this was the plan of his father. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter. Many sneered at him as he was lifted up for all the world to see. As he breathed his last breath, he called out, Kala, my bride, and he gave his spirit into the hands of his father. A handful of frightened and trembling betrothed ones looked on. They were his witnesses. He was buried, the tomb sealed. For three dark days there was silence in heaven, a thundering silence that echoed in his grave. And then it happened. The great high priest, after the order of Mechizeldek, was raised from the dead. He was alive. They saw him, spoke with him, ate with him, touched his wounds. Rivers of joy overflowed as they received what he and the Father had promised, his Holy Spirit indwelling humanity, the pouring out of the new wine. Now the world must know. Another Sampling from the Proposal by Winnie Coco Banov. The Proposal is a poetic story inspired by Old Testament imagery, a mystical romance that reveals Israel as the bride and wife of Jehovah. In the whole of Scripture, one of the most significant and notable themes is marriage. Drawing from the Song of Solomon and the Romance of Romans, we find that the miracle of marriage bliss with Christ our Bridegroom is available to us here and now. In case that sounds too good to be true, Winnie also wrote Love Notes, a companion to the proposal. This study guide gives scriptural evidence and heart-flaming proof of the mystical romance of the proposal. Come and drink, O oh beloved. Experience your marriage union with him. Act 2, Scene 2, The Romance of Romans Paul, once an enemy, now a lover, like no other psalmist of the New Covenant, has penned the lyrics of this astonishing romantic love song, so strong and brilliant. Paul has captured the love wine being poured out as it burst forth from the Spirit on the day the promise was fulfilled. It is the song of the Lamb which expresses the thoughts and secrets of the bridegroom's heart. It is the song of union with his beloved bride. It is the romance of Romans. A passionate and jealous friend of the bridegroom, Paul still guards the church today, warning her what will happen if she listens to a stranger's voice. His desire is to present her as a chaste virgin to one husband, Christ the Beloved. 
with breathtaking language he distilled the romance of solomon's song i am my beloved's and he is mine into a new reality of union christ the bridegroom has come to make us one with himself here and now you are his bride let this love song this song of the marriage of the lamb dwell in your hearts richly it will inhabit your being spilling out of the heart's deepest fountain in hymns melodies serenades and spiritual songs with royal language the melody becoming sweeter and sweeter every time you hear it hear it believe it learn it sing it it is the song of all songs the union of christ with the believer the song of songs penned by king solomon was the most excellent song of all this song is being sung over you here and now it's about your union with the bridegroom paul's love letters are serenades revealing the lamb though crucified in weakness christ is the resurrected one the one greater than solomon a word about union among the thousands of words translated in the scripture too few adequately express the essence of christ the beloved's death and our participation with him in it resulting in a living union with the resurrected one the bliss of heaven on earth this union is the gift of grace received with childlike faith the words that clearly express union are found lying just beneath the surface like lost buried treasures they are now discovered and displayed in public for all to see these treasured words without doubt reveal to you his bride your union with christ here and now because his work is finished in the ancient greek language we discovered a small almost unnoticed but extremely significant prefix quotation co end quotation it is a primary preposition that denotes union the closest of all possible unions this union of close personal belonging to christ inflamed paul's heart with heaven's passion throughout his love letters paul gently but continuously reminds the bride and leads her into this revelation being co-crucified with christ is just the beginning let us fall into the romance of romans sung by the apostle paul and be caught in the divine love net woven with gold and glory let us sing the royal language of the cross let the revelation of union with christ the bridegroom be yours